How was your day? It was pretty good. It was pretty good. Um, it started off, and uh, it's weird. I've I feel like I've been sleeping in the past couple days. You have been. I've noticed that. Well, I mean, sleeping in for you. Yes. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, it's funny. I was I was hanging out with some some people at work, and they were talking about how. Uh, they got up at 4 a.m. and then the other one said that he slept in till 6.30 this morning. I was like, what time do you usually wake up? And he's like, yeah, between 4 and 5. I'm just like, why? oh my goodness, that's crazy. Because like I thought... Yeah, I, I, Did they say why? Um. Oh, well, one is because of traffic and be, being able to get to school on time because it's all the way across town. Um, and then the other one, he just said, he said he'll usually like stay in bed for a while, but that's when he usually like wakes up for the first time. So then I was like, oh, okay, well that's a little different, but his schedule changes a lot. So he's like, sometimes I'm just getting home at 4am. <laughs> so it's a little different. Anyways, um, I try and get up around six six thirty in the morning. Um, and that feels early to me. But anyways, I was just saying that I I uh, actually woke up at six this morning, and I feel more well rested than when I've been sleeping in the past couple of days. Hmm. So that's weird. But uh, but I say it's weird. It's it's good. I mean, you asked how my day was. My day was good. It started off on the right foot because I got a good amount. Well, I say a good amount of rest. Like I didn't sleep in. I wasn't a lazy bum. So. And then I was productive and got some school stuff done this morning and then went into work and geez, uh, it was just like hyper speed all day. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'm sure since you missed a lot of work yesterday. Yeah. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to go in either tomorrow or way early on Saturday in order to set up because mm. there's a bunch of stuff that needs to be done before Saturday. So it's Easter week. Yay. If you know anyone who works at a church, uh, Easter and Christmas usually Easter's. gets pretty busy yep. with stuff going on, So, um, and rightfully so. I mean, it's, it's a good opportunity. People are, you know, America is, is a weird country right now, but we're still celebrating things that even if people don't acknowledge it, like, there's still celebrations of... Jesus multiple times a year. Yep. <laughs> Which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, tonight was our Maundy Thursday service. So yep. How did that go? It went well. It went well. It was different than in previous years. It wasn't as somber okay. as it usually is. Yeah, yeah. So it was a little interesting. Um, yeah. It was more in... It was uh, Brandon kind of focused more on how in Hebrews it says that Jesus, uh, for the joy set before him, endured the cross. So there was definitely a lot of focus on what Jesus had to endure, but it was also he found joy in it, which mm. is kind of crazy. <laughs> like just just imagining everything that he had to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, and then immediately before it, like knowing Judas was going to betray him and like even calling it out at the time and washing the feet of people who'd betray him, like telling all his disciples they were going to leave him. 
it's just yeah it's a it's a good thing to ponder on you know if you're listening to this the day it comes out good friday um you know thinking over the the um the sacrifice that jesus made on our behalf it's a it's a good time to do that obviously i mean not everyone thinks that holidays are a good thing but whatever <laughs> whatever it's good to dwell on those things regardless of the time of year okay yeah so that we can find some middle ground right yeah but but no it was a good service there was there was a lot of preparation so that took up a, a huge portion of my day lots of prep for the our service tonight and then rehearsal and then actually having the service and then tearing down so that was most of my day which is why i'll need to go in uh, some other time to make up some lost time but it's okay it's just how it goes it's easter but yeah how was your day um it was good it was much better than yesterday <laughs> well that's good <laughs> since i was puking yesterday Ooh. i'm sure our listeners wanted to know that yay but yeah i had some sort of I don't know. It was either a stomach bug or I just ate something that my body didn't agree with. Yeah. Which it seems like it's it it was the latter because no one else has gotten sick. You ate or, a ladder? Or even felt bad. Yes, an entire one. Ah, metal or nine wood? foot metal ladder. Metal, dang. Yes. Did you melt it down? How did no. you do that? Piece by piece. Oh. Anyways, um, so yeah, I'm not sick anymore, and I feel so Yay. much better. I like, I just literally feel like a new human being this morning. New. <laughs> yeah, I felt like a new person this morning, and I had like gone to bed at like ten o'clock last night, mm -hmm. and then you came and woke us up around like 7.45, but I didn't really get out of bed until almost 8.30. So I was yeah. like, I just got a lot of rest. Yeah. And it was good. My body needed it. Awesome. Um. So yeah, it's been a good day. It wasn't dreary like it was yesterday. Oh yeah. Sun actually came out and the kids were pretty chill. Yeah, Sweet. it was just a chill day. Awesome. So, talk to me. Is there anything that you want to talk about? Anything on the docket you'd like to present? Um, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, then, I have some stuff that I wrote down. Yes, I know you have some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, I We might not get through my whole list because it's a bunch of random stuff. Oh, fun. Well, I mean, yeah. The, usually when I can't think of a topic, like, I come up with a bunch of... Well, no, I mean, I write stuff down throughout the week that I'm like, oh, that interested me. And if I didn't write it down, I would forget it. But anyways, um, the first thing is that I went and saw Isle of Dogs this week. Oh, yeah. And... I can't contribute to this conversation because I haven't seen it. It, it. it is fantastic. I'll just say that. Um, you should totally see it if you can. I know it's a limited release right now. If you're, um, if, hopefully you've, you've seen Fantastic Mr. Fox by Wes Anderson. It's similar, but I would say this one is, 
um, more straightforward. It is more engaging, um, and it it is just great. If you're a dog person, you'll love it because it's called Isle of Dogs. Um, and if you like Japanese culture, you'll love it because it's a tribute to Japanese media. And it's great. It's great. I, I, man, I brought it up, but I don't necessarily want to give anything away. It's just a great movie. So, Isle of Dogs. That was the first thing on my list. <laughs> um, do I want to take a huge right turn? I guess so. Um, <laughs> so something was brought up to me this week that I thought was interesting, and and it had to do with uh, you know something that we talked about last week. So I guess it's an addendum to last week, and how we were talking about um, you know in the news what's been going on going on in Austin with the uh, the bomber, um, you know, bombing, mm-hmm. sending out the packages. The bomber man. Uh, yes. Sorry, our jokes are too too soon. It's too, too soon, soon for jokes. I'm sorry. No video game jokes in too here. Too soon for jokes. What are you crazy? Um. So, anyways, there uh was a there was a request from someone uh to pray for the family of the bomber. So apparently, um, this person knows what's his name. Uh, Mark, Mark. Anthony something Condit I think Okay I just I, I don't, don't want to just call him the bomber Like I'd yeah. rather say his name So that, that That's a good point because actually um, That's kind Of where I, I was going with it Is that uh, and, and Well I guess before we Go further so the The reason that I, I kind of go back and forth Is that I don't necessarily want to You know like make him famous because of what he's done, you know, like making someone infamous, I guess. Yeah, that's the word infamy, um, because of what he's done wrong. But you're right. The problem with that is that that dehumanizes him when you think about him and when you think about what has happened. So yeah, Mark. Anyways, um, his parents are, so this person, um, knows his parents and his parents are strong Christians and um, they're having a really hard time going through, you know, I can't even imagine. Yeah. 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 I I mean, they, they obviously didn't know he had any kind of tendencies like this. Um, And they are getting death threats and all kinds of, you know, just nastiness thrown their way because they're his parents. Um, and yeah, it really just hit me there. They, uh, left town for a little while and they don't know what they're going to do because how do you live in Austin when your son has done something like that? You know, Mm -hmm. like their lives will forever be marked as the parents of, you know, so that that just really hit me because I did not even think about that aspect of it at all. You know, when we were talking about last week, we didn't really have any ending notes and, you know, we weren't really going anywhere with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hadn't even considered the people that are close to him, especially those that are Christians, 
you know, his parents um, and how this affects them as mm-hmm. well. And so then how we ought to talk about it in light of that. Um, so anyways, I just wanted to bring that up because I think that one of our first um, reactions ought to be to run to God in prayer and not always be so self-focused. Mm-hmm. I know I do that a lot. Like I noticed, I've noticed that a lot recently when um, people are talking to me, when I'm hearing stories, when I'm when I'm hearing these things. Often the first thing I think of is how does that affect me? And that's really selfish <laughs> um, when people are going through things. So uh, I don't want to be like that. And I think this is an instance where, you know, I, I kind of filtered all this information through my head and didn't really take into account that, yeah, there are other people that are uh, really, that were really close to him that are Christians that are um, really deeply hurt and saddened by it and are going through some, some horrible things just with the backlash of this. Um, So if you could just pray for them, that would be great because I can't imagine what they're going through. So, yeah, sorry. It's a little bit of a a downer, but um, hopefully it's encouraging to think outside yourself and think outside your box and, you know, your own stuff and think about what other people are going through and how you can bless them. So, So I've been reading a book called Orthodoxy by G.K. Chesterton. And I'm not sure what I think about it just yet. It's got some really cool things in it. It's got some really interesting things in it. Um, He is definitely a good writer. Like he is captivating the way that he uses language. But I also think his argumentation is, there are lots of holes in the way that he presents um, what he believes. Hmm. So it's, yeah, it's... It's good and bad so far. But there was this one concept that he brought up that I thought was amazing because, um, you know, he's not necessarily a modern writer, but I was like, dang, that makes even more sense today probably than when he wrote it. And it's the idea of true humility and false humility. Here we go. I've got the quote from the book right here. So it says, What we suffer from today is humility in the wrong place. Modesty has moved from the organ of ambition and settled upon the organ of conviction, where it was never meant to be. A man was meant to be doubtful about himself, but undoubting about the truth. This has been exactly reversed. We're on the road to producing a race of men too mentally modest to believe in the multiplication table. So he's saying that uh, it's it's the idea of truth and how you understand truth. And humility is when you know that your understanding may be incomplete, but there is actual truth out there, even if we have a hard time understanding it. Mm-hmm. So we can be humble because we understand that we may be wrong, even though the truth is out there, but our understanding may be incorrect. False humility is when you say that your understanding is always correct, 
but what you're trying to understand, aka the truth, changes. Does that make any sense? Like the truth itself is different for each person. That doesn't make any sense. Well, right, it doesn't make <laughs> sense. But that's that's why it's false humility. Right. Is yeah. because is because it's not placed in the right place. You're saying you know, basically saying that, well, that's truth your truth and this is my be. truth and Yeah, then that's not even truth. Well, right, but it's also but this is concerning with the idea of humility. Right, it's right, right, not right, right, humble right. to say that, oh well, that's good for you and I've got my truth as well. Mm-hmm. That's not humility. That's saying that Oh, well, you're right and I'm right, but the truth may not be true or the truth is true to you and not true to me, which is, which is self-contradictory. True humility says that, no, there is something out there that's greater than me and I may have it wrong, but I'm seeking to find it. That's true humility. And that just hit me when I read it. I was like, dang, that's, that's a really cool concept because it's so true today. (laughs) <laughs> like mm, yeah. that the whole postmodern idea of no truth um or even the way that people see what humility is you know they mm-hmm. they would say that we're arrogant because we say that we have all the answers well i i don't actually think we have all the answers but i know where to get the answers right. which is from god and what he has said um but a lot of people take that as arrogance nowadays um when it's not because they're suppressing the truth. Yeah, in unrighteousness. What is that, Romans 1? Yes. 28? Something like that? I'm not sure the exact verse. Yeah, I'm not sure either. But yes, it is Romans 1. Cool. All right. Well, um, so there are two more things. What? But I don't know how much longer we want to jump on this. We'll, we'll do one sh- one small thing, and then we'll get to our main kind of topic here. Okay. Um, so we were listening to un- unbeknownst to each other. We both listened to the same podcast the same day, uh, the other day. And it was the, well, I would say the latest, but they do tons of episodes. It was doctrine and devotion. Mm-hmm. They did an episode on the Enneagram. Oh yeah. Test <laughs> thingy, funny. whatever. And I hate uh, personality tests, <laughs> but they had me curious. So I took it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> So the Enneagram test, if you haven't heard about it, it's a personality test, but it's it's like super involved the way that they've set everything up. You know, it splits you up into like nine different personalities and you have a dominant personality and you have a secondary personality that has to be in some way related to the other nine or, or the ones that are right next to the personalities, the way that they're laid out in a special order. In so a that, circle. Yeah. So that your secondary personality is like, it has to be right next to your dominant personality, which is really interesting because I feel like most other personality tests I've taken are just like, you're 70% X and you're 15% Y and mm-hmm. you're 5% uh, N. <laughs> Sorry, X and Y are right next to each other. So that didn't <laughs> make sense for the analogy. Um, but what I'm saying is like, you're made up of all these personalities where the Enneagram is more like you're dominantly this and then you're this, but then there's also this aspect of like under stress, you can be, you can act more like this. Um, so it's, it's an interesting little test. Anyways, we listened to the episode. Pretty spot on. Surprisingly. Yeah. (laughs) 
So that's the crazy part in my case because I feel like every personality test I take, I get a different answer.、Hmm. And I know we've talked about this before. I just don't take personality tests because I hate them. <laughs> well,、uh, I'm I'm interested in them, but I am often frustrated by them. Is what it is, because the questions they ask you are so circumstantial. No, that's the thing is that they're not circumstantial. Like they don't give you a circumstance. It's just like a general question. Like, are you generally this or this? Right. And so it's、But、circumstantial so, because in a different circumstance, I'm a different way. Right, like in your head, your answer is circumstantial, but what they're asking you isn't under a circumstance. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's dependent on a circumstance, which means it's circumstantial. Well, no, I don't think you're understanding what I'm saying. Like the questions that they ask are like, "Are you generally like this, or are you generally like this? Like, do、yeah. you generally lean this way, or do you generally lean this way?" And in my head, I'm like, "Well, it depends on what the circumstance is, whether、yeah. I lean this way or this way."、Mm-hmm. Where, like the the test doesn't lay that out for you. It's just、right. like just pick one that you're most like. Mm-hmm. Where I'm, where in my head I'm like, well, but it it depends on the circumstance, like.、Right. So that's why I get really frustrated with personality tests because they're just general. They don't give you a circumstance. Yep, exactly. Which is what I was trying to say. Yeah, I th- I think we're saying the same thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. Because like I know in my case up until recently. I don't know in in different yeah I'm just different not a different person in different circumstances. If I don't know you very well, I am not going to come off as strongly. Like I will naturally be more.、Um, I was going to say friendly, but that doesn't make sense.、Uh, more like、reserved. surface level, yeah,、mm-hmm. yeah, reserved. Like I think I'm still a warm person. Like, yeah,、I'm、most still, definitely. But、um, but I'm not gonna be at like. I am also in an odd person. I'm sure. You, I'm sure after thirty episodes of listening <laughs> to this podcast, you understand. I am not a normal person, <laughs> and I try to tone that down when I'm first meeting someone or when I don't know someone very well. You know, I don't usually bring up video games with someone you know my age or in their thirties、um, unless I know they like video games. Okay, that, that's one part of it. I, I won't bring up you know anime or manga or, or the other weird stuff that I'm into unless asked about it.、Um, I, I would rather, yeah, just not get into that、yeah. at that certain. And、point. I won't tell you my blunt and honest opinion unless I'm asked. Exactly. There you go. But you get like our small group over here, and we have beer, and like I'll. I'll be a weirdo in front of everyone, <laughs> you know, and scare them off. No, I'm just kidding. Our small group is awesome,、um, and it's awesome because of that. Because we can be open and honest with each other, and so it's not like I'm hiding things from other people. It's just that, like, I don't want to freak people out or scare <laughs> them away because I'm a, a weird dude.、Um, so yeah, so so things like that make personality tests difficult. So like even. The, the basic, I feel like it's it's one of the most basic things in personality tests are whether you're an introvert or an extrovert,、mm-hmm. right? So generally, I feel like I'm in I'm introverted because I can um, 
you don't have to like I don't have to have my days planned out I can find something to do like I'm never bored I can always find something to entertain myself with and being alone by myself is no problem for me you know like I can you know I just said video games I can fire up video games I can read books I can you know jump on the computer I can I can do tons of stuff by myself and that's totally fine but I also I do enjoy being around people mm-hmm. and I don't like being by myself for extended periods of time. Um, but I'm also kind of a shy person unless I know someone or unless there's some other circumstance where, you know, if I'm at a concert of a band that I really like, like I'm not going to be shy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, or, or something, something in, in along those lines, or if I kind of get outside of myself and like, I'm, I'm, not as um concerned what's the word self-conscious um then i can then i can you know go crazy right off the bat so it's like i have these extroverted tendencies mm-hmm. and especially when i'm with my friends when i'm with people that i know i yeah. feel like i'm very extroverted mm-hmm. because then you know there's there's no reason to be shy there's no reason to hold back like right and just be who i am and i do and i really enjoy being around those people so even something as simple as like, are you an introvert or are you an extrovert? I feel like, I, I, I don't know. Like, how do I answer that? Yes. You're an extroverted introvert. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I have a freaking podcast, you know, like, am I really that introverted? I don't know. I don't know. I, so anyways, personality tests, they're strange little beasts. And, yeah. and, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, no, they usually peg me right off the bat. Awesome. I'm glad you're happy with them <laughs> because I always feel like I, I get the the weirdest answers. Like there was one time when I took that, um, what is it? Myers-Briggs. And literally oh, yeah. I took it and then I got some answer. I took it again 10 minutes later and I got a completely different answer. Like, I have taken totally that one, different. but I don't, I don't remember the letters at all. So I don't know. I, I don't remember last time, but the last time that I took it though, I really liked it because what was it? I was, uh, what was called the protagonist. That's what it was, right? Something like that. I don't remember. I really, I really liked it because the, the certain tests that I took online have oh. names for each. So I don't remember the number or the numbers. I don't remember the, the letters that it made up, you know, cause it's four different letters. Um, I don't remember what they were. I just remember like the sub, title this the, this website gave the different personalities was mine was the protagonist i was like that sounds so cool <laughs> <laughs> but anyways i guess i'm kind of cool but i'm sure if i took it again i would not be the protagonist because it's weird so enneagram we yeah. both listened to this episode of doctrine and devotion and i will i'll just run down another rabbit trail real quick is that i thought it was really cool because generally when christian podcasts um or more serious-minded, like, doctrine, theology podcasts, talk about fads, mm-hmm. I kind of assume that they're just going to be making fun of it the whole time, which is cool. I make fun of fads, too. Uh, it's fun. Yeah. Because some fads are just really dumb. <laughs> um, so when I saw the doctrine and, and devotion Overalls. we're going to do... Yeah, oh, gosh. <laughs> Anyways, not going down that road. Uh, Yeah, sorry. Um, So when I saw they were doing an episode on the Enneagram, I just thought, 
you know, they're going to make fun of it the whole time. And they didn't at all. Like they, they did talk about how like you shouldn't base yourself on these tests, but they're helpful to point out basically your flaws. Mm-hmm. Like what you need to work on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's easy to get a big head from them, but they were basically saying that, that they're helpful because you can see, you can learn more about yourself and what you need to, to work on and what sin you have a proclivity towards grammatically incorrect. Um, but you know how, how you can you fight your sin. And I thought that was super cool. And so I was actually really impressed. Not that I'm not with that podcast usually, but I just, I, you know, I just went in with my biases thinking, Oh, any grams a fad, you know, lots of people are talking about it right now. It's, it's just a fad. And I thought they were going to expose how much of a fat it was. No, it was, it was like, no, it's actually, it's actually, it can be helpful if Mm -hmm. you use it the right way. So we both listened to, I listened to the episode while I was at work. You listened to it at home. Mm -hmm. We both took the tests, didn't know about it until I got home from work and I'm like making dinner and we started talking about it. And uh, we were both like, whoa, yeah, we took it. And so after the kids went to bed, we, um, we took a look at them again and it was really interesting uh, what we found because, yeah, I feel like for the most part, it did a really good job in pinpointing some of our personality, yeah, some some things about our personality. And the interesting thing about it, too, is that I, I feel like I thought I was one thing, but then confirming with you, I, I, fall, I fell into a different camp, if that makes sense. Now, I'll say that I found a lot of personality what were traits. You? Uh, nine, the peacemaker. That's right, the peacemaker. Yeah. And I can't remember what mine was called, but mine was eight. Ah, uh, shoot. It was I don't eight remember. with a seven wing. Yeah. But I can't remember what that one was called. Okay, yeah, this uh, site calls it the challenger. Taking charge because they don't want to be controlled. <laughs> That's what it's called. Yeah, I just remember reading the description and one part of it said, don't tell me what to do. And I was like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I usually hate these personality tests. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then the, 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 yeah, the wing was the enthusiast, which is interesting. Pleasure seekers and planners in search of distraction. Interesting. That's not a good... Um, description anyways because like seven was more just like the extreme extrovert yeah or just like or just fun loving you know life of the party kind of thing so that yeah that's a weird way to put it anyways just um, funny because we're like basically our Enneagram personalities are the exact opposite of each other. No, no they're not exactly opposite. <laughs> but they, I mean, there there are a lot of, yeah, I, I would say that certainly it is complementary <laughs> in general. Hey, we're complementarian. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I wouldn't say they're the exact opposite because you scored high in the one category, what, the reformer? The reformer. Yeah, exactly. And that was my wing. I was a nine wing one. Um, so no, you were a nine with a one wing. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. 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 It's just like, it was spelled out nine W one. So yeah. Anyways, nine with a one wing. Yeah. So 
Yeah, it was fun. Um, as I thought about it more, so, you know, I talked about how my class is on, like, self-identity and social identity in Christ. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about this concept of um, of identity and how it relates to, like, these personality tests that we're taking. And I think it's kind of funny because I have, like, these self-contradictory thoughts about categorization in general. And I think it's just a trait of humanity, how we want to be unique, you know, like how we don't want to be like everyone else. We want to be our own person. Mm -hmm. But then there's also this part of us that wants to categorize ourselves, like wants to know that we're somewhat normal or wants to know more about ourselves and how other people are like us and how other people are, are different from us. And I just thought it was really funny because it's... Isn't that what Facebook groups are for? Exactly. (laughs) You know, just find people just like you on Facebook. And Facebook, don't worry, they'll read your contact list and they'll read all your text messages and phone calls and they'll find people just like you. (laughs) And sell it off to companies so that they can sell you products. Yep. For people like you. (laughs) Yep. Oh, gosh, that's a huge mess, <laughs> a huge freaking mess. I don't know that, well, I don't know. I don't want to be a, a naysayer, a doomsdayer or whatever, but Facebook's going to take a huge hit because they are just, like, messing up right now. Really? So much. Yeah, yeah, so much, like, privacy. Uh, like, they're they're being investigated right now. Oh, dang. Yeah, yeah, it's, I don't it's not good. It's not good. Because they're like, it's either that they are collecting data or that they are, um, that data is so easily accessed that uh, companies are exploiting it through Facebook. Hmm. So, um, yeah, it's not good. It's not good. Zuckerberg, I want to say, had to testify recently. Anyways, I've just seen these headlines. I'm not I'm not so interested that I actually read articles. <laughs> I just uh fling through headlines and I'm like, "Oh, wow, that's that's crazy." But anyways, I mean, he stole the idea anyway, so, right? That's what the movie told me. Um I hated that movie. You hated it? But you didn't hate that movie. We watched it together. Yeah, I know we watched it together, but I didn't like the movie. <laughs> You didn't like it? No. We, we both we seemed watched, interested in it. We watched it. At a B&B. Yep. Yeah. Just hanging out. Um, But yeah, I just, I hated his character so much. Oh, okay. That okay. I just didn't like the movie. Yeah. But to say that you didn't like the movie. Yeah, you weren't supposed to like his character. Like it was basically supposed to be like an indictment on his character. But. But you didn't like the movie? No. Dang. Revelations on the podcast. Well, it's kind of like, what was that one movie where, oh gosh. Prisoners. Um, No. uh, Nightcrawler. Yes. So yes, Nightcrawler, where you just hate the main character so much that like, I just don't want to ever watch that movie again because I think it was done really well. The acting isn't was great, but I just hated his character so much that, I, and 
that I've just felt like there was no resolve that I don't want to watch that movie ever again. But do you not like that movie? Would you say, I don't like Nightcrawler? I didn't like it. I don't like how I felt afterwards. Okay, but that's different. And I don't want to experience that again. <laughs> so Okay, don't. you don't want to again. No. But would you say you don't like the movie? Because you just said you don't like the social network. Well, I mean, I think there were some really great qualities about the movie, but mm. I personally don't want to watch it again. Like, I don't know. Can you say you liked a movie, but you never want to watch it again? Like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, definitely. We own a few movies like <laughs> where we've said it's, yeah, it's going to take a lot to actually watch it again. But that's for different reasons. Like Gone Baby Gone. I mean, that's a really difficult movie to watch. It is a really difficult movie, but it's a really good movie. Yeah. Um. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's not the same because the main characters are good. Right. Well, maybe that's the question. Are they good? Anyways, Gone Baby Gone. You should watch it. Um, but make sure. Or Gone Girl is another one for me. It's oh like, yeah, that move acting was great, done yes. really well. Never want to watch it again. No, thank you. Okay, but again, you're 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 kind of going around the question. You're not answering the question. Do you not like Gone Girl? I'm, it, yeah. Yes, you don't I'm, like it. Or I'm yes, kind you of did confused like because okay. I'm saying that I never want to watch a movie again because I don't like the way it, I didn't like the way that it made me feel. Mm -hmm. So isn't that the same as saying I don't like it? <laughs> no, because I feel like saying that you don't like it means that you thought it was not a good movie. Well, why does it have to mean that? That's, that's what I take it to mean oh. when you say you don't like it. Well, that's your truth. Not my truth. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I said what I said and I meant what I said, so you can take it for whatever you want. All right. <laughs> I feel like you just said the same thing over again, <laughs> that it's your truth. <sighs> okay, well, with that... Um, <laughs> that extreme rabbit trail. Yeah. There was another thing we wanted to talk about was something that we heard on the briefing this morning. So pretty sure we've talked about it. Dr. Al Moeller has a daily podcast called The Briefing that takes um, certain uh, news, the clips and articles and things that he wants to talk about and um, takes a look at them from a biblical perspective, from a biblical worldview. Yep. And this morning, he had a lot of interesting, almost like dystopic um, ideas or different things that are going on in the world. And one in particular, just really like I have a lot of thoughts on it. And we were talking about it this morning. We were like, let's, let's talk about this on the podcast because I'm <laughs> sure there, there's a lot to unpack here. And it's a it's a fun little conversation. So. The news story is that France, the president of France, has announced that um, they're that they are changing the age at which it is going to be mandatory to start school. They're pushing it back so it's the earliest out of that any country has ever done, 
And so French children have to start school at three years old. That so is their national. That's their new national law. So what? What? It's ridiculous. Why is that ridiculous? Because you're like literally ripping babies from their parents. Ripping them from yes. their parents. Well, how about how? Why would you say they're ripping it from their parents? Why not? Um, they're allowing their parents to to start their education sooner so that they can have more education through the school system and the parents are able to to you know go back to work or have some free time or something because that's like that. not what it's about and as we get further into the conversation you they'll see that that's not what it's about yeah that's true <laughs> that's true fine just cut me off why don't you so why is that not what it's about because or what Moeller was saying in in the episode was that um, they are doing this because they want everyone to be on the same level educationally. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's why they want everyone to start at the same age, as young as three, which is just so ridiculous. Um, And be learning, like everyone have the exact same curriculum. So no one can be, no one can have any advantage over anyone else. Yeah, so um, what I believe that he said, and this was the French president, is that it it is a step towards equality for all French children. Sameness. Well, okay. So that's that's a good um, place to take this conversation is his claim is that this is for equality so that children can be more equal if they all start attending school What a lovely earlier. buzzword that is. Yeah, well, uh, so, so let's get into that. Equality. Is equality a bad thing? Do you, do you have a problem with equality? What's what's wrong with? No, if it's used the correct way and in the correct context. Which is what? Not how they're using it. <laughs> okay, not how they're. Well, what? What? How are they using it incorrectly? Because they're using it to say that everyone needs to be the same. Aha. Aha. So there's a difference between being the same and being equal. Yes. Ooh. So now we get to it. Um, there was a little cartoon that I had seen once, um, like a comic strip that, um, exemplified this for me and kind of solidified my thoughts on what equality means. And it's a picture of these three kids. Okay. Um, they look like they're different ages. The one where they're standing on books? Yes. Okay. So they are, um... They're looking through a fence, like a, a fence post or a gate. That's what it's called. Yeah, when it's the metal rings. So you can still see through it. They're watching a baseball game. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so they're kids. So they, uh, let's say there's like a six year old and a 10 year old and a 13 year old. Okay. So the 13 year old can see his head, his eye line is just above where the gate is. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the other two kids are too short to see over the gate. If you picture it in your mind, you know, the the middle kid is like a foot shorter and then the youngest kid is like two feet shorter. 
So equality is would be if um, you took three boxes, okay, of the same height, and you gave them to each kid, and so each kid could stand on a box. So now the tallest kid is definitely able to see because his entire head is over that. The the middle kid is able to see without looking through the gate. He he can see over the gate now because his eye line is above that. But the the shortest kid, the youngest kid, still can't see over the gate. Okay, that's equality because they all got an equal amount, right? An equal mm-hmm. box. They they can all stand on their equal box. <clears throat> Excuse me. Equity is where you take the tallest kid's box and you give it to the shortest kid so that the shortest kid can see over the gate, the middle kid can see over the gate, and the tallest kid can still see over the gate. Mm -hmm. That's equity because now they all have the same opportunity, but only because you gave the person who is the most disadvantaged a greater advantage Mm -hmm. and the person who is naturally the most advantaged in this case it was just height Mm -hmm. nothing okay that's equity that is not equality right (laughs) equality is where you give everyone equal amounts Mm -hmm. so the underlying presupposition that equality is always best um I would say, maybe this is a bold statement, but I would say it's the same problem with Karl Marx's idea of socialism. I mm-hmm. think Karl Marx was a smart guy, but I don't think socialism takes into account humanity. Nope. And so it never works. Mm-hmm. I think the idea of equality doesn't take into account humanity because humans are not equal. Right. We're all different. We're all born into different families. We all have different advantages and disadvantages. I um, I blame it on my Mexican side, but I'm like five foot seven. Like I'm I'm kind of a short guy. Maybe maybe may, I may not even be that tall. <laughs> I haven't I haven't measured myself in a while. I'm a short dude. I would be a terrible basketball player. <laughs> A professional basketball. I, I could never be a professional basketball player. No matter how much I worked out, if I did that, um, no matter, <laughs> no matter how often I played basketball, no matter how um, skilled I tried to to get my body and get my basketball skills up, I would never be able to compete at basketball on a professional level, simply because of my height. Mm-hmm because of the way that I was built. Um, Equity would say, well, no, we need to give you some sort of an advantage so that you can play basketball if you really want to play basketball on a professional level. Equality would say, well, here are your other options. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's plenty more that you can do with your life. So the way that this plays into this story of children go into school at three years old for the sake of equality i think is um wrong-headed <laughs> to Be- say the least yeah because what they're saying is that we need to get away from 
kids having certain advantages by having loving parents in the home, by having um, parents like raising their children, and they need to all have the exact same opportunity. Like basically the state needs to take care of these kids at a younger and younger age so that they are all the same. And then the gifted children who learn at a faster pace are going to be held back. Mm-hmm. The children who low low who learn at a slower pace are going to have an incredibly hard time. Mm-hmm. Because <gasps> shocker, not all children are the same. Hey Oh my goodness, they are different. Uh no, I think French children are all the same. Oh my goodness. So um starting at 3 years old. Children learn differently. Mhm. Not every child learns the same. It's it, it it I just don't understand their thought process. Mm-hmm. Like there's just no logic to it. <laughs> like I just can't wrap my brain around Well, I can't wrap my brain around it. Like I mean the the logic is that if all kids are trained the same, then they would all have the same opportunities. So regardless if your home no, regardless of your home life home life if you have a terrible um home life or if you have a, a an amazing loving relationship with your parents um that you would you would have the same opportunities but that can't work out logistically it just doesn't well right <laughs> yeah and that's i mean that yeah that's what i was saying is that i i that doesn't take into account the human <laughs> spirit yeah because it, people are different. I mean, they, they, you have different passions. Mm-hmm. You have different... Um, giftings. Giftings, yeah. Yeah, D- different skill sets. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it, is, it is baffling. Um, the other place I wanted to take this conversation is that we as Americans do have to... Um, uh, I think there's a certain level of self-awareness that we need as well. Um, And I think it kind of has to do with, and and we don't have to go into this very, very far, Um, but there were some protests over the weekend um, about stronger gun control. And Mm -hmm. um, that, so, so I'm melding these two concepts. The only reason I bring that up is that it has a lot to do with the second amendment and why the second amendment was, um, an amendment to the constitution. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you have to realize what this brings out in me as an American is that Americans have a particular tendency to be suspicious of their government, mm-hmm. right? Americans are much, uh, they, they have a proclivity towards freedom as you know, the highest goal of of government. I, I would say this traditionally, maybe that may not be the case as, as long as, as this um, American experiment continues, it seems that this is not the case more and more nowadays. Um, we would rather give up our freedoms to the government so that they can take, um, so that they can decide what is best for us as people. Yeah. To go so uh, far as to literally protest, to have a right taken away from you. Yeah, yes. That, uh, yeah definitely fits into that 
it, yeah. And again, I, I didn't necessarily mean to to bring that up just to make arguments against it, but except to say that it, that's kind of that's fresh in my mind of the reason why we have these rights is because we're suspicious of government in general. Well, um, and the the government put that amendment in place to keep the government in check. Exactly. Yes. Again, I, I don't want to turn this into an episode about gun control. <laughs> so so we don't, yeah, we don't have to do that. Um, but this is why I have libertarian tendencies, leanings, is because I, you know. We're if, libertarians. I mean, I, I, I can't say that I've studied it enough to say that I am 100% libertarian, that I stand behind the libertarian party. I don't. Um but I, I say that I have libertarian leanings because I, I think... I say that I'm a conservative libertarian. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> I will just say, as a general rule of thumb, less government, the better. Yes. And so that makes me a radical nowadays, <laughs> which is crazy. Um. Anyways, uh, so gun control. What does that have to do with this? So if you think back in our history as Americans, we broke away from the british because the british were imposing different things on us you know whether it's taxes whether it's religion you know the the state church Mm -hmm. um americans broke away from great britain so that they could do what they wanted have freedom have freedom and that so that is ingrained in us as american citizens right the idea that freedom is one of the highest values that you can have, especially in relation to a government. Mm-hmm. So I understand that people from other countries don't necessarily see the world that way. Right. That um, especially more socialist leaning countries that would say, no, the government is here to bind everyone together and to therefore tell us all what to do. Um, that is not the way that Americans historically have seen the role of government. Mm hmm. So when we take a look at the this whole idea of sending your children, it, it, not sending, requiring your children to go to the state-run schools at three years old, as an American, <laughs> my patriotism flares up and I'm like, <laughs> bro, you can't tell me what to do. Yeah. <laughs> you can't take my children from me right? and, and call this education. Another com- another piece of the conversation is what is education mm-hmm. you know is, is education sending your kids to school well certainly that's part of education but i think as as parents everything you do everything you say the way that you conduct your life in front of your kids is a form of education yes definitely uh, and it's so yeah let's let's go down that that role for a second so i mean another another way that we're quite eccentric that we're weird <laughs> is that we we don't plan on sending our kids to to public school right we're not militant homeschoolers so um calm down uh, <laughs> keep 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 playing you don't have to skip through this part you're still um, saved if you send your child yeah, to public school yeah gosh oh my goodness <laughs> like uh you listen to some podcasts where they say some very like, they have very uh, yes, strong opinions yeah, on that. Yes. On on whether or not you send your kids to public school. Yeah. I'm I'm fine with sending your kids to public school. Uh, the caveat and hmm, sorry, let me back up. Let me back up just a second. <laughs> um 
I believe that it is the role, I think biblically, mm-hmm. it is the role of the parents to, what the Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go. Yes. And when he is old, he will not turn from it. Right. Okay. Application of that is different for each family, but that sets the the standard that it is up to the parents to make sure that their children receive an education. Right. Now that's primarily talking about the word of God. Right. That's primarily talking about instilling in your children a love for God. Not that you can, not that you can teach them to love God, but you can show them how they ought to live what God requires of them. And what what loving God looks like. Right. Exactly. Setting that example. Right. So, I do believe that biblically, as parents, you ought to be the primary source of education for your children. Yes. Whether that means sending them to public school and then making, then being very intentional while they're in under your home, mm-hmm. that's fine. If you can do that, and if you can go before God and say that that is um, a proper form of education for your children, I'd say that's between you and God. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad that you're able to do that. In this day and age, our uh, conviction is that that is becoming increasingly uh, difficult yeah. to do. And so our our conviction is that we ought to homeschool our children so that we can provide that education in a more, um, so that we have more control over what that education looks like. Right. Um, in the home, like outside of school work and inside of school work. Mm-hmm. So requiring things like Bible reading for school. Yeah. You know, you can't do that in the public school. And and whether that looks, the, the other thing is, you know, some sort of private school, some sort of Christian school or, or something like that. So long as you are overseeing your children's education and you are approving of what's going on in the education or you are combating against the false teaching that the kids are getting, you know, um, I, I believe it's your, your responsibility as a parent. Yes. Um, so however you do that, I am not militant either way. Um, but don't shirk that off. Yeah. Don't because it's normal in America nowadays just to send your kid to school so that you can have some breathing room. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, that don't be li- that lazy, please. Yeah. For the sake of, um, for the sake of the gospel lived out in your home, don't do that for your children. Right. And I, you know, I work at a church. I've talked with youth pastors. Um, there are parents who who see church as that as well. Like I, I, you know, he's learning about God at church. I don't have to talk to him about it while I'm, while he's here under my roof. You know, I get to, I get to chill when mm-hmm. I get home from, cause I work eight hours a day and it's difficult. It's, it's your responsibility as parents to oversee that your child knows what God commands of him. Right. While he's under your, your, household yes um that is your responsibility so sorry that's my soapbox (laughs) um on what education is so so thinking about like biblically the the role of education um and then seeing this alternate worldview of education means sending your your children to a state-run school where the state 
wants your children younger and younger and younger. So you have less and less influence over what your child is learning Mm -hmm. because developmentally at three years old, I mean, my goodness, right? they're asking for so much. They're requiring so much of you as a parent to just snatch your child at three years old. Um, that it blows my mind right. that they can spin this as a positive. Well, the the other part of it was that um, they are also doing this to try and get rid, rid of gender roles in the society. No, that So that was separate. That oh, that was, was separate. Yes, okay. yeah, that was a separate. And so um, there were three main things that Al Mohler talked about on the briefing this morning. Um, there was this kid in New York who's a 10-year-old drag queen, Ugh. Um, so th- there's that. That's a whole. Um, that's yeah, I'm just going to step. Yeah, I'm going to step on toes. I was going to say that's a whole mess there. Um, and then there was in the Swedish. Um, it was in Sweden. They're uh, experimenting. This this preschool is experimenting with uh, attempting to fight against oh, the okay. social okay. gender roles. And then the third one was um, the announcement of the French president that. At three years old, they're taking your kids to school. Um, Al, uh, Dr. Muller, excuse me, uh, used all three of these to talk about how the, how they're interrelated mm-hmm. and how um, how they all play off each other. So that that was different. Gender roles were different from that because that was in Sweden. This is in France. Um, but but what the French president said was that this is for equality. So. Um, so so if you really think about what that means, it means if your child, if you love your child, you are, uh, if, if you're putting your child in a more advantageous position because you love them, because you're raising them properly, you're investing in their life, they, they don't want that anymore. They want every child to receive the same tutelage um, at a younger and younger age. I mean, at three years old, when are they going to stop if they're pushing up to three years old? Because just wow. Wow. They're like forming sentences. They're just learning to form sentences at that point. Anyways, it's, again, as an American, that is insanity to me. (laughs) And I realize that's my American bias um, towards freedom, but. I also think that part of that is my biblical worldview. Oh yeah, that Most definitely. Parents ought to educate their yeah. children. So, so I can say that now without anyone getting mad at me because now you understand what I mean by educate. So, if you hear <laughs> on the podcast again that I say that parents should educate their children, please understand I'm not saying I'm not saying you need to be homeschooled or else your children are going into hell in a handbasket. No, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> Well, I was actually listening to a podcast today um, called Risen Motherhood, highly recommend it, Mm. Um, where they did a little series about education, um, the different... uh, Oh, wow. Yeah, the different facets of it. Like, they had uh, different guests on, so um, one week they had... uh, I can't remember the names of the guests, except for Jen Wilkin was one. Um, Nice. But so they had a woman come on and talk about private school and then they had another woman come on and talk about homeschooling. And then Jen Wilkin came on and talked about uh, public schooling. Um, but the 
one thing that the homeschooling mom said that I thought was actually really cool was that um, uh, we're actually all homeschooling parents because our children learn at home. Like, boom, we're constantly teaching our children at home. Like, yep. So I thought that was a cool thought. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, that's, that's it. When you understand that when you don't, again, as Americans, I feel like we just take for granted that, that schooling education only happens when you send your kids somewhere. Right. But it doesn't. No. You're teaching. You're teaching your child all the time. Yeah. Whether it's good teaching or not. Right. (laughs) Whether you're teaching them that come six o'clock, the TV is going to be on all evening until they go to bed. Right. That's, you're teaching them. Mm -hmm. You're teaching them to rely on the TV. You're teaching them to rely on Google to answer their questions. You know, however you um, manage your household Mm -hmm. whatever that looks like um and and no one's a perfect parent i'm sure we're teaching our children lots of bad things (laughs) and they're gonna be okay you know like i i understand i'm not saying you're ruining your children if you're doing things like that no i mean gosh for a lot of my my uh growing up it was that way like tv was on all evening um, because there were seven us, seven of us in the house and we all wanted to watch different things. <laughs> um, but anyways, what I'm saying is that, yeah, the culture that you create in your house is a form of education. Mm-hmm. That's what schooling is. Yeah. Yeah. We all home school because we all teach. That's so good. Yeah. That's so good. I like that a lot. <laughs> awesome. Well, do you have any more thoughts on three-year-olds being forced into the public school system? No, it just <laughs> makes me really upset anyways. Yeah, yeah. I, I I, would think that anyone who thinks, like is relieved to hear that, to think that that's a good idea, um, I think it just shows such a differing worldview. Like yeah. how you see education, how you see child development. How you see your children. Yeah. Yeah. How you see the role of what a parent is supposed to do. Right. Like, do you see them as these blessings from the Lord yeah. whom the Lord has given you to steward correctly? Yeah. Or do you see them as wards of the state? Right. Yeah. Just, you know, you're building little citizens. Whew. Well, well, in a sense, we are just citizens of a different country <laughs> a greater country yep now i'm thinking of narnia of aslan's <laughs> country <laughs> anyways i'm a nerd i was homeschooled if you can't tell <laughs> um yeah weirdos so well all right if uh, you want to talk to us you can do so on twitter our handle is so underscore talk to me or you can email us at so talk to me podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Before we take off, do you have any recos? Uh, just that Risen Motherhood podcast that I mentioned. Nice. Yeah. I've been listening to it today because I had actually had, I've, I've heard several people recommend it. Um, okay. But I just hadn't checked it out until now. And yeah, it's pretty awesome. Sweet. Just two moms talking about, a good time. <laughs> talking about 
talking about um, just different aspects of motherhood and how it relates to the gospel and how we, yeah, need to stay gospel-minded mm-hmm. and focused yeah. in every aspect of motherhood. So That's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. So all you moms, <laughs> have a good time with that. Moms. Moms. Mom. <laughs> Mommy. Uh, so I did not, oh gosh, um, I didn't, that I, I didn't think of any recommendations whatsoever. So I got nothing. Um, go watch Isle of Dogs. Go see if Isle of Dogs is in the theater because the dang limited release, whatever. Are you just trying to say Isle of Dogs as many times as you can? No, but I, I do, I do like the title. (laughs) It took me a while to get it. Like, I felt stupid that I didn't understand it until I heard it out loud. And the reviewer who was talking about the movie, like, explained it. And I was like, oh, dang, I feel dumb. Um, Yeah, so that's it for me. Do you have any other recos? Okay, no. well, it's getting late. So we're going to sign off. So till next time. Go talk to someone. Go educate someone with your your presence of of talking. No, I'm just kidding. Talk to your spouse. Yeah. Your spouse and your friends and your kids and everyone. Bye. Go take the Enneagram. (laughs) Yeah. Peace. See you. Wouldn't want to be you. That's going at the end.